Hello out there in podcast land. This is Timothy Weber, and I play The Apprentice on Once Upon a Time this season. You are listening to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Succumb not to the darkness. Hi, this is Abby Ross. I play young Emma on ABC's Once Upon a Time, and you are listening to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello there. Wow. Thank you, Timothy Weber and Abby Ross. Yes. For those fantastic little voicemail podcast IDs. Yes, we love that. They made for us. So please send them some Twitter love and thank them for doing that. We really, really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm... I'm such a great episode. I can barely speak. Oh my gosh. So we, many great we, moments. Yeah. So we need to continue on with the intros and then we will definitely dive in. Mm-hmm. This is the first thoughts episode for the episode entitled Lily. This is episode number 278. You can get to the show notes for this episode at once upon a time podcast.com slash two seven eight we want to start by thanking those who help us out and support our podcast by going to once upon a time podcast.com slash support and you can shop at amazon or choose ways that you can donate to us on many different ways we sincerely thank you for that for joining in and helping us along wow what an episode Uh, oh my gosh top five easily for the whole series. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I'm, I am I said it. I keep saying it. I keep beating on a drum. If you have stopped watching Once Upon a Time, you are missing out on probably, no, the greatest acting I've ever seen. The, the one scene in particular we're going to talk about was like I was floored. Dude, it was dude. so good. So yeah. good. So it just kept getting better and better. Yeah. I mean, I said, wow. Yeah. First, what, 10 minutes even? Yeah. Less than that. I mean, it was just, it was really a good episode tonight. There were moments, especially toward the end, that it really felt like a season finale. It could have been, yeah. And it wasn't. No. We still have no. three more. Technically, Episodes yeah. Yeah. at least. Yeah. So, so let's go ahead and dive in. We have an interesting scene we still don't know who the sorcerer is no no we don't and the apprentice in the first scene basically confesses to the sorcerer look the author has meddled yes and changed things Mm -hmm. altered things when he was Mm -hmm. supposed to just report things but i've taken care of it Mm mm-hmm I've locked him in the book. So he can't write so anymore. So he can't. And, and what's interesting, he said he can only report now. Mm-hmm. He can't alter. Mm-hmm. Which I think was kind of interesting. It, it was almost like things were kind of wonky for a while, but now they're going to go back to normal. Uh, anyway. Well, I mean, if you think about it, based on that statement, it seems to me that the fact that the author was interacting with the characters instead of watching from afar 
and right. reporting, that was where he meddled because he interacted with them. It's kind of almost like a, you know, what reminded me of Back to the Future. Don't don't interact. Don't talk to your you know former self. Don't let yourself see yourself. That kind of a thing, you know. And all the you know the parallel parallel timelines that he kept going on in in you know. Uh, the second one and the third one. I mean, just craziness. So it's kind of that whole thing of the author should not have been talking with or dealing with the characters. And yet we saw he, he did that with Snow White and Prince Charming. The apprentice said, the author made me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the power of the pen. We Absolutely. See. I also noticed that there was, it looked like the sorcerer's smoke looked like the genie to me. <laughs> Well, and did you recognize the voice? No. Do you know who it sounded like to me? No. This will freak you out a little bit. It sounded an off sounded an awful lot to me like Giancarlo Esposito. Mm. I don't know who it was, yeah. but that's who that's the voice that's what the voice reminded me of. Mm-hmm. So his father perhaps? So the theme is this idea that Emma and Lily's lives are entwined. Yes. The yin and the yang, mm-hmm. the light and the dark, mm-hmm. cannot really exist Without the separately. Other. Right. And as we go into the episode, we learn that there is a drawing magnetic power mm-hmm. that will draw them. But fate needs some help, it would seem. Apparently. And we're going to talk about a scene that was very shocking mm-hmm. for people in this story that were very oh no it's 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 this and it's that and fate is is different from anyway it was kind of shocking to me but we'll we'll talk about that so we did see some glimpses into the young more of the backstory of emma and Mm -hmm, lily mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and emma had it pretty good she did a great family yeah and Two brothers, Max and Zach. They were going to go on a Dad. little yeah. a vacation yeah. trip somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, we're going to jump around a bit. Remember, this is first thoughts. And so I, I'll i try to stay on my notes, but I know we're going to jump around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Lily is discovered. Lily, to me, looks an awful lot like Miranda Cosgrove, actually. She has a similar... I, Carly, she looks similar to me. Not quite. Okay. But anyway. So she... Emma found Lily, and it was almost like some old 70s TV show. Had a She had a baseball bat <laughs> going to the corner. Well, this is the and, 90s. Right. And Late so, 90s, so Lily wasn't really forthcoming with why she was there. She just said she was in big trouble. Yeah. And so they really... It was kind of a classic father, and even Lily said it was kind of like, what did she say? The what's a painting? The guy. What? Anyway, American Gothic. Who painted that? Oh, I can't think of who painted American Gothic. Okay. Anyway, she said this is the perfect family here, oh, and not Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell. Rockwell. Yeah. And that he did not paint American Gothic. Okay, so. He noticed, or I'm, I'm sorry, Lily noticed there were rules on the, and it was it was such a I would say a classical, generally classical American family. They prayed at the meal. There were rules on the wall. It was perfect, right? 
Nobody yelled, screamed. Everybody's getting it along pretty much. much and, right. It was very much a Norman Rockwell painting. By the way, American Gothic was painted by Grant Wood. Okay. Not Norman right. Rockwell. But Norman Rockwell is very the whole picture perfect family yes. central focus of a lot of his paintings. So. Yes. And so Lily is just kind of freaking out. She's like, this is not anything I'm used to. And so she's painting all this picture of how they met and telling, basically lying to the whole family about how she met Emma and they stayed in the same home and da-da-da and all these kind of things. And Emma's like, no, what are you doing? You can't lie like that. And she goes, you want me to tell the truth? You want me to say I found you? We, you were stealing things. Yeah, you were shopping. Well, I was Pop hungry. And, well, yeah. no, no, no. You know, so it was very interesting in yeah. how she kept lying, and that was the thing is you you something about kids that you really want to believe what they say, and even Emma's family. It was this kind of idea of any friend of Emma's. A, friend of ours right come and have dinner mm-hmm. and basically mm-hmm. in a way be a part of our family we welcome you into our home right and as we hear later that kind of backfired but let's kind of go back and touch on something that we had a question about last time cruella i guess is dead cruella is dead i very small funeral for cruella well yeah Basically, two people and then Emma kind of watching from afar. Yes. Well, yeah, so. because Emma was, you know, feeling bad about what she did. So that was kind of shocking. I I didn't want Cruella to be dead. I, I know. To... I know. All right. Uh, so anyhow, there's really a lot... <laughs> This is the episode where if you were playing a drinking game, when they mentioned a town, mm-hmm. you'd be drunk really fast. <laughs> they mentioned so many towns. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Minis- different Mankato. Ones. Minnesota, Mankato. Which, which, which has a connection to Little House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. So that's where. And I did want in. to talk about, I brought up her IMDb page, the actress who played older Lily. Agnes Bruckner. Agnes Bruckner. Yes. Who played a lot of really kind of cool parts here and there. She was mm-hmm. in Covert Affairs yeah. and she Hawaii 5.0, and yeah. she is in The Return. Yeah. And also and Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. And so private practice a little bit here and there. So, yeah. yeah, she definitely has a lot of different roles. And the most incredible role I think she played is she was in the, let me look and find it here. She played Anna Nicole Smith. Yes. In Anna Nicole. The Anna Nicole the story. 2013 yeah. TV movie. Yeah. I remember there you her go. being cast for that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I actually remember seeing bits and pieces of it. And she was actually really good. Mm-hmm. So, not a surprise they got her because she's actually very talented. So, there was a lot of police drama in this episode mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. And. I just want to say how much I love a good muscle car. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, I don't I don't tinker with cars. I don't go out and no. fix cars and all that kind of thing. But there's something about a car 
That is powerful and waste gas that I really do appreciate. <laughs> and I, I don't even know what kind of car you were saying it was. I believe uh, it was a Dodge Charger, but I could be wrong. SS, definitely uh, something. Yeah. So, but I really do love a good muscle car. And it really harkened back to the whole Starsky and Hutch sort of cop show with the big car and all that kind of thing. So, anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting but as things progress with the sorry it's a chevy okay it's the impala chevy impala oh chevy impala well it's an ss though and that's a 1961 Mm -hmm. it was probably older than that or newer than that but anyway that's what it is it looks like it was uh i thought it was a dodge but it's a it's a chevy impala ss and that's an ss package which was a big deal i guess back in the early 60s for muscle cars we did see the Yellow Bug road trip. Yeah, we did. Regina and Emma buckled up. Yeah. And yes, took, they did. took the uh, Snow Queen's scroll. Right. Which you need everywhere you go. Well, sure. In case so, you need to like get yourself back. Get into Storybrooke from being out right. and right. all that kind of thing. I also saw Mr. Cluck's chicken. Yes, we did. The Emma's family had really... Really great taste. Which is a lost reference for those who don't know. Sure, absolutely. So Falcon Heights. Which I don't don't know know. anything about Falcon Heights, but that's obviously, that was obviously a lie. And clearly Emma's face when she kept telling these lies was very much a tell. If her parents had been, her foster parents had been looking at her, they would have recognized she was, she was realizing it was a lie. So, so then Regina and Emma went to Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes, they did. To find Lily. Right. And they went in this apartment building, and it reminded me of a lot of the 70s old grizzly cop movies uh-huh. where the awful looking run down apartment building. Oh, yeah. And the old super, I guess, kind of looking out the door and what are you doing here? And yeah. just messed up and awful. Yeah. And he said that Lily was dead. Right. That she had died. So. In a car accident, probably drunk or something, that kind of a thing, which just made Emma feel even worse. And perhaps you know, she relayed that lie to him somehow. And well, I'm sure she did. He said, well, she had a personality that you really want to stay far away from. And Emma snapped. And that was one of the moments in here tonight where Regina's kind of watching this transformation and Emma just snapped and was going to just throw him through the wall. We and totally skipped over the whole conversation that they had getting into this road trip to begin with. It was a fantastic conversation. Okay. It had me just going, yes, this is how this should be. They are acting like best friends. They're, you know, co-mothering Henry. And... It was a fantastic conversation. It was very much um, a mature Regina talking to Emma. We talked about this earlier, and I kind of want to bring this up because I think this is key to this episode tonight as well. It seems as though if we really pay attention to things, Emma hasn't grown up much. Regina accuses mm. her of, of you know being a petulant child in last week's episode. And bef- even before that, she referred to her eating habits as childlike. Yeah, she, you Grilled eat like cheese, a child. Right. She eat Fruit Loops for breakfast. Exactly. So, in a sense, Emma really hasn't grown up. 
right? Mm-hmm. And comparatively speaking, Regina's way older than she is, even though they're roughly about the same age in the show. Um, there's a maturity there that Emma just doesn't have right now just because she's, you know, as young as she is. And so it's kind of interesting that Regina was talking to her and treating her almost like a mother. Yeah. In a sense, it, it, she's technically her step grandmother. When you look at things, if you look at the family tree and she was treating her like that, but she was treating her like a friend. And that, that to me was just, it was such an epic Regina's everything about Regina tonight was just awesome. Everything. Well, and I really like their, there's something about strong people. And I was Mm -hmm. about to say strong women, but I think strong people, they don't like to let down their guard and say, I actually need you. Right. It's hard for strong individuals to say that. And so things have to kind of fall into place just naturally without somebody having to say it. And so their, their discussion about, well, you know, you don't really need me. I'm, I'm just going to go and we're basically going to go kind of for the same thing. Yeah. What's the point of going together? Right. And I loved Regina's because I need you. Yeah. I need you. You know the town. You've been out there. Right. You totally get it. And it's, it's not that, I mean, of course I can do it myself, but I, you know, so. It it was was a nice olive branch, especially for Emma, considering she feels very alone right now when, while she's still mad at her parents and she's still very mad at her parents. Um, I think she's mad at herself for what she did to Cruella. I think she's just, she's struggling right now. And it was great for Regina to offer that olive branch of friendship and say, look, I need you. I can do this on my own, but I really need you. She wanted to keep an eye on her too, I think. She absolutely did because the fact that Regina has completely turned away from her evil side and is, you know, on the path of redemption and is very far along in the path of redemption. She knows how easy it would be for Emma to walk to the dark side at this point. And especially having tasted that first thing, Rumpel himself even talked about this with the author that Emma has taken one step. Emma's not completely dark yet. Kids. Rumpel himself even said that she's taken the step towards it. And now it's just going to be a slippery slope for her to continue down that path, which is why Regina gets it, knows it, and has realized that she needs to flip it around so that Regina, or so that Emma doesn't go down that dark path. That's really awesome. And there's a lot of discussion about fate and choices, and that's one of the things Regina said. She said, you know, there are choices that we make, but then there's fate, too. Absolutely. And she said, you know, you need to push back against fate. Let's and she said, you fate. need to show Gold that he can't change you right. just by all the things that he's set up. Right. And she said, today we both beat fate. Let's do this. Yeah. And yeah. so because they're both basically being set up. Zelina is a setup for Regina. Absolutely. Who kind of lost her cool. Actually, toward the end. There. There's a difference between losing your cool mm-hmm. and being righteously angry. And going evil. There's a huge difference. And what I saw with Regina tonight when she lost her cool was not her being evil. It was righteous anger. And I was totally behind it. I agreed with it 100%. So let's put the whole two two or three scenes together with Will, Rumpel, Mm -hmm. and Belle. Let's talk about this and then we'll move on and we'll keep going. Is that, do you buy... For two seconds, 
that Rumple gave her heart back to Belle and walked away from her forever. Do you believe that? Yes. Okay. However. Okay. However, I believe that's what he told her. I believe that he said that in front of Will. I believe he, quote unquote, means it because he knows that that's actually a manipulation. If he willingly gives her heart back to her and shows her, look what a a generous, you know, gesture I'm doing here. I'm being noble and I'm, I'm, you know, not being the evil person that everyone says I am. And Mm. I'm giving you your heart back. Look, and I love you. See, this is how much I love you. Meanwhile, he was walking away going one, two, three. He's counting, waiting for her to come running after him. And that's what he's expecting to have happen. I still want her to take that dagger and a two by four and just knock him on top of the head with the two by four. (laughs) Say, I told you to leave. I mean, she basically said, you know, why are you here and what are you doing? Right. Say, I commanded you to leave. I told you. And I, boy. So we did find something out, by the way, speaking of that whole thing. She did not willingly give her heart to Regina, but she didn't realize Regina had taken it either. Right. So Regina must have, you know, kind of gave her a minor little sleeping curse or something or made her forget. Which she we she forgot all of this and, you know, go back home. So she obviously did. I don't know if she did when she took the heart out and that was the whole point of when she sent her back to the, you know, back to the store, back to the house, um, was to forget everything that happened, including giving the heart, or if she'd already made her forget the giving of the heart. So anyway, bottom line is, Belle didn't even remember that it happened. And um, so either she did willingly, and then she forgot because Regina told her, or she didn't, and she forgot because Regina put a forgetting spell on her. So we see another mirroring of the wolf in the road and Emma almost hitting it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was pretty interesting. Well, yeah. That was the whole... It was a clue for Emma. Right. And that's when she knew to kind of, you know, go down the path she needed to. That was fate stepping in. Mm-hmm. It was fate for her to not leave Storybrooke the first time. It was fate for her to go down this path that she had to go down to find and find Lily. That was pure fate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, of course, that place that she went to, and there she was. Starla. Mm -hmm. Starla. With this star. Right. Which harkens harkens back to pilot episode, Emma wishing on a star. Right. Hmm. And the... Sure. And and also Harry Potter. And there have been great characters in literature that have these really interesting birthmarks and lightning and different things like that. So that, that definitely figures into it. Sure. And... I, I just want to say this. I the people say all kinds of different things. I you know, I think of things like the the shows crossing over and all that, and people telling you things that just seem kind of strange. But if an old grizzly man sat next to you on a bus, yeah, and started telling you why your life is so messed up is actually sort of my fault, but it's not really your fault, and. 
you know, I was kind of made to do this and I need to sort of tell you, I shouldn't tell you, but I am mm-hmm. telling you or someone visiting you later on in your life in a coffee shop yeah. and saying, see all the bad stuff actually should have happened to me. That's kind of kooky. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in, in, in this situation, it worked. You know. No, that's true. That's very true. So the the apprentice stepped out of this hands-off situation and let things be as they are and decided because he was made to do it by the author. I have to, I, I would say, clear his conscience a bit and also help out Lily yeah. as well. And then make her kind of this crazy serial person that has these maps and all these pictures it reminded me of either a movie uh it reminded me of silence of the lambs this kind of weird tracing somebody and hunting someone down that's Mm -hmm. what it looked like to me well it is remember it is how uh henry found mary margaret was kind of through true yeah no that is not mary margaret Emma, that's how I found Emma, was through, you know, tracing methods and hunting stuff down. Lily said, and I think in some situations, a lot of people say it, is every decision I make seems right, but it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes the situation that you're in, you sometimes you say, well, I want to do this. It seems right to me, but it's actually wrong. And it takes somebody else to kind of go, uh, no, no, don't do, no. Bad idea. Bad idea. You know, and it could be influenced by the people you're hanging around. Anyway, I just thought it was kind of an interesting line for sure. And so little Lily wants little Emma to go get this necklace because it was from her birth mother. Right. And then we find that as Emma's gone, that's when Lily robs... Emma's parent or her foster parents steal the money for the vacation Mm. because she knew talking about vacation. Well, they're going to have to have money. Yeah. This is probably somewhere around here somewhere. And so that was to get away. I thought that the necklace was just nothing. And I'm telling you, the the place where Lily was staying Mm -hmm. was run down, awful place. Yeah, it was horrid. Yeah. It was very bad. So. But yeah, I was t- waiting for there to ne- be nothing there mm-hmm. that Emma would find nothing, no necklace, none of that stuff, or that she was going to get caught by the boyfriend or something. I was waiting for that to happen. And um, then then Emma would know right away what was going on. There, there are times and we've been people have discussed with us about this. I wanted to believe I wanted to believe in Lily many points mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. I wanted to believe what she told Emma yeah. that just I, I left all that stuff behind, Emma. I, I don't even really think about you much anymore. I got married. I have a little girl. Here's the, her school bus right now. I just I really want you to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I OK. And she went up. And lied to a little girl. Yeah. Said free hamburgers for a week if you just walk around the corner with me. Yeah. Smile, hold my hand, and walk and, around the corner. And for once, Emma's superpower actually worked. <laughs> yeah. 
Can I can I get an amen on that? Because man, that's amen. it doesn't work all that much. Lately, it hasn't been working very well. But that was clearly a moment where it did work very well. And we have heard a lot from folks lately about the Charmings, mm-hmm. and I think the moment that they had with Maleficent is mm-hmm. something that a lot of people have been waiting for. Yeah. Is being accountable mm-hmm. to the right person. Right. And even Snow said, we've really been focused on Emma, but actually we should have apologized to you. Right. And so Maleficent, you know, they had their conversation and she said she was an innocent. Mm-hmm. She, she had nothing in this. Right. She didn't have a dog in the fight. She was just there. Casualty and you, of war. And you used her. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, the kids had became the casualty of war. And the Charming said, well, look, we're, we're going to do everything we possibly can. Mm-hmm. To whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. And then Maleficent said, well, will that be enough? Yeah. If I don't forgive you, what makes you think she's going to? Right. Why should she? Yeah, that was a pretty that was a pretty difficult conversation, and I totally get where Maleficent's coming from. I just hope that Maleficent can see that if she just if she can see that Emma is able to, you know, turn Lily around or help Lily come around, maybe just maybe, right? She'll be okay with it. I don't know. When it'd be really tough to get over something like that. I know I would have a tough time. When Emma got back to the house with the, it looked like a moon necklace, mm-hmm. the father, actually the parents, mm-hmm. turned on the lights and were waiting for her. Right. And it reminded me of when the father came and got her out of the house oh, yeah. where Lily and her Lily's broke in. father. Lily's father. Adoptive yeah, yeah. father came and got her out of the So again, it was the father's surprise. Mm-hmm. The lights on, yeah, and that kind of yeah. a thing, yeah. And then we see something really interesting is that in present day, Lily's living in a mobile home, mm-hmm. and like I said, it looks like Silence of the Lambs. There's all maps Dude. and photos and uh, Storybrooke question mark here, there. Where is it? I was a so. little freaked at what we were going to see when Regina goes. When Regina Prince kind of Charming with an X through it and, and Snow all White. That. Yeah. No, no, no. I was more worried that there was going to be something else mm-hmm. that I just didn't know what to what we were going to find when we got when we got through to that room. So, so I, I don't know what the connection is, but on on Lily's car, Starla's car, mm-hmm. <laughs> the license plate read Sylvia. I don't know. Is that her car? I don't think it is. She walked home, it seemed like. She walked around the corner. I don't think Lily has a car. Okay. I think it was that the was car the that was outside. Okay, got it. The neighbor's car. It. That's All why right. Emma broke into it. Because if okay. it had been Lily's car, she would have had the keys. She would have driven that car and she would have gotten far away from Emma. So, that's what I think. So, then in Emma and Regina were in this car that Emma stole. Yeah. She's back to stealing cars yeah. again. And well, she's good at it. Yeah. And so Regina's really t- trying to talk to her and say, look, heroes don't do this and this and that. And this, I think, answered a lot of, I, I would say, 
statements and things that a lot of people were making is that Emma said, "These are this is not heroes and villas. These are real people with real problems. Yeah. And I have to fix this. Yeah. I have to help. I have to help Lily find her mother and yeah. go back to her mother. Yeah. I have to do that. Yeah. So. And if you don't like it, you can find your own way in your own. <coughs> right. How do you like them apples? Wow. That was pretty. That was pretty pretty agitated. And and again, understandably so. I mean, Emma's trying her hardest to do the right thing and." Now that Lily knows, it's kind of like, it makes it easier for Emma. She doesn't have to try and convince her of what's going on. So that's at least one less thing to have to worry about. And I think, to some degree, there is some truth to it, is that once you do... I think everyone in their life has this line. I will go up to this point... Whether it's drinking, what there's, there's always something that, that's sort of dangerous. I will go here and no farther. Yeah. Here's the line. Yeah. And when she, to protect Henry, mm-hmm. magically shoved Cruella off that cliff, yeah. that was one of those lines. Mm-hmm. She crossed that line. She crossed the line. And it did not make her dark. But it was one of those things that it's easier to go back to now because mm-hmm. you've been there before. Yeah. And so the, there's been stories of people around you saying, well, come on. I mean, you, you did it once. Well, why not do it again? It's just it's a thing that your parents always tell you is, is don't hang around bad people. You know, hang around good kids or something. Good people. Being evil does not take a lot of effort. No. Unfortunately. Being good takes everything you have. And that's a difficult thing. That's why good people tend to be stronger. It's, it seems like they're weaker in some instances, but good people tend to be stronger because they are restraining themselves from doing the thing that would be easy, the thing that would be wrong or evil. I want to talk about the scene when Emma is with Lily at the bus stop. It's interesting that we've... T- Basically, we talked about two scenes at bus stops. It's something about a bus stop. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But obviously, Emma's leaving town. Sure. And so Lily knows where she's going to be because that's Emma's MO. She sure. shows up at the bus stop sure. to leave. And so they're talking. And basically, Emma says, stay away from me. And if I remember, that looks very much like the same place where she told Sarah Foster, mm-hmm. just stay away from me. You're, yeah. you're freaking me out. Could have been a similar spot. Look, it looks similar to me. Yeah. But but I heard Emma say something that I think. Uh, how, how can I say this? People that have not made bad choices say to people that have met, made bad choices is say just try making better choices. That's what young Emma told young Lily. It's a lot easier said than done. Right. Right. A lot easier said than done. I thought it was fascinating that they had the conversation and Lily expressed her. She goes, I can't explain it, but it's like we're drawn to each other. It's like we're meant to be with each other, and I don't know why. And she can't explain it. And it's it kind of is one of those things, you know, there's a connection that sometimes you have a connection with somebody and there there's no logical explanation for it. But you have a connection, and it's a strong one. And hopefully most of the time it turns out to be a good thing but i'm sure there are instances where it's a bad thing and i think this is one of those cases where it just it's bad for emma but it's good for lily because it keeps her more honest but 
by the same token, it's only slightly more honest because she tends to bring Emma down with her when, when she does that. So well, it, it is that whole yin-yang thing. Yeah, and I think sometimes people are brought into our lives for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think one is for them to bring something for us. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it's for us to bring something to them yeah, and help whatever, something. And it was interesting that Lily said, when you're around, things are brighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be the light magic. Right. So. And Emma said, I'm done helping. Yeah. So. That was very, that was a very difficult conversation, you know, for teenagers to have with each other. So then we are leading up to probably my favorite scene of all. And I think the sometimes in these shows, like Lost, like Once Upon a Time, I've said it before on this podcast many times, is that if we could get the whole group together to just have a good old-fashioned talk (laughs) and let it all out, we would solve all the problems but because we're splintered off and two people are here and three people are there and two people, are, no one, no one really learns the full truth. There's right. just little bits here and there. Right. But for once, Regina was there mm-hmm. with Emma and Lily watching the whole thing oh, unfold. And when they caught up Lily, with her and yeah, got her out of the car. Right. Lily said, your parents deserve to be punished for what they did to me. Yeah. And, you know, what do you say to that? And Emma How just, do you argue that? Emma you just exploded. So you lay a hand on them. I will end you. Right. And then we see that, you know, again, it's that when you go there with mm-hmm. your emotions. Yeah. That's why just me personally, I, I don't like to go there. And that's why I'm, I, I, and some people... It's a release. When they go there, they yell, get loud, whatever, and they mm-hmm. just get it out. But yeah. I don't like to go there. No. And she went there. And she went there a number of times. Right. And she said, you know, Lily certainly understood that if you let me go, I'll destroy everything. That's right. just what I do. Right. I, I can't do. I'm, I'm locked into that. Yeah. And. It reminded me of Seven is because there were certain things that were put in place that you had. Th- there was no other way out. You're talking about the movie Seven Especially, with Brad Yeah, Pitt. right. Yeah. Especially that final scene. I'm not going to give it away. No, 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 no. But it was you, you were forced into doing that. Right. And that scene when Emma pulled the gun on Lily, pointing at her heart. And Lily's on her knees on the ground. And if you look as the scene unfolds, you'll see her put her arms out. Oh, yeah. In a very, you know, surrenderish prone pose. And I think part of her wanted Emma to kill her. Right. Relief. Because relief from such I, a terrible life. Right. Yeah. I can't do anything different than the worst. Yeah. That's really all I can do. Yeah. And she was there. And if if you remember in the movie Seven, I mean, basically Morgan Freeman was kind of telling the same thing to Brad Pitt. Son, put the gun down. Son, don't do that. Right. Son, listen to me. Don't 
you know, whatever. And it was very, very, very similar. And I'll bet you a small amount of money Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis really tapped into that whole idea and probably the film. But Regina, so good. Digging into this well of depth of life, she knew exactly what she was talking about when she told Emma, don't do it. Yeah. If you do this, you're going to fall right into his trap. Yep. Gold's trap. You were doing, it it will play right into Rumpel's hand. It's exactly what he wants. He wants you to do this. That's why you can't. Not only that, you, this isn't you. This isn't who you are. You, you can't do this. And it was, that was a, a highly charged scene. Just the conversation, the, the shots that they were doing, you know, the whole, you know, backing off the camera, coming in and, and that whole thing. And Regina very slowly walking towards her, kind of almost misty eyed. Like watching this was painful for her to see Emma going through what she herself had been through right. and had nobody to tell her, you don't have to do this. There's another mm-hmm. way. And I think that was just, it was a very strong, very, very powerful scene and just spectacular. I mean, all three of them did an amazing job. Um, you know, all three actresses were just stellar. That was the, the most, to me, my favorite scene mm-hmm. of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had, you had, Three fantastic actresses mm-hmm. on ten, just yeah. at top of their game, yeah. Yeah. doing the best. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. And Regina said, "If you do this, the journey back isn't easy." Yeah. She said, "Trust me, I know." Yeah. It's like, I mean, the 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 vulnerability of that was just fantastic. What a dichotomy, too, you had between the three. So you had Emma, who was born and who was basically guaranteed to be good. You had Lily, who was born guaranteed to be bad. And you had Regina, who started off good and went bad because she got manipulated and is now back to good again. So, I mean, you have just the whole gamut right there and just this perfect yin-yang. And then Regina herself, who is yin and yang together. She's got the good and she's got that evil side of her and she's, she's harnessed that and she's in control of that. And I think that was just, you know, just, again, really such a great scene. I mean, it was just mind-blowing for me. I, I watched that scene again, again, right before we recorded and it was just, just powerful. Just yeah. so powerful. And, uh, yeah. anyway, yeah. so if you know anyone who has stopped watching this show... Get on the phone, yep. get on the email, get on the Twitter, and tell them they need to come back. Yeah. This is one heck of a show. Yeah. And this is one heck of an episode. Oh, my gosh. And we're not done yet. I mean, this is yeah. Yeah, three more after yeah. this. So yeah. I, I really, it was just so good. Mm-hmm. And so then, again, we mentioned it before, The Apprentice shows up on the bus yeah. with Lily going on to wherever she was going and the apprentice starts to basically tell her, I would say little bits to kind of get her on the right path to get her back to find Mm -hmm. Emma. But actually Emma uh, found her. She did. So she knew who she was looking for. So what's interesting is, I don't know if you picked up on this, but he told her that the necklace, it's not a stone. It was your mother's, but it's not a stone, mm-hmm. which means I think it's one of her claws. 
mm. Maleficent's claws because it's perfectly shaped to be a claw. Right. And if that's the case, then that necklace is very likely magical and she doesn't even realize it. The the scene when Regina tells Emma, we have to go to New York now. Yeah, yeah. We have to go to Robin now. Mm-hmm. And so Lily kind of... Again, it reminded me of the whole dinner thing, yeah. but this was kind of different. She goes, well, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave. And Emma said, no, I'm not pushing you away this time. Yeah. You're coming yeah. along. Yeah. And dangerous or not, because uh, she's not out of the woods yet. So She's totally not. But they have to, they have to do what they have to do. Yes, they do. And... So they get to New York because we did talk about the um, Rumpel, Will, and Bell yeah. scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the Charlie's Angels, yeah. that's what I'm calling them, <laughs> Emma, Lily, and Regina. Yeah. They do get to New York. And they, at first, when Regina walks in and starts talking to Robin, I said, I said, that's Zelina. That's Zelina. And then we find no Zelina's at the store. And I'm just like. No, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. No, that's Zelina. And then it turns out it really was Robin. It really was him. And then we see Marion, quote unquote, come home. Uh huh. And so Regina's telling him, "Yeah, you have to get out of here." Yeah. And get rolling and let's go. Let's now. go now. Now we have to go now. And what would be the one thing that would make Robin of Loxley now Hood stay? Another child. Damn. And by the way, when he was not like willing to grab Roland and run after Regina told him exactly who it was and what had happened, he stood there and was like, "Uh, no. And I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He has Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. He full-on has Stockholm Syndrome. And for those of you that are not keenly aware of what Stockholm Syndrome is, Stockholm Syndrome is the sympathy or developing empathy for your captors. And in a sense, he is being held captive by Zelina. Mm -hmm. So he is a prisoner, and now she's made it so he really doesn't want to leave because now she's going to have his baby. OMG! Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and... Unfortunately, I think there's going to be a a group of more conservative folks that are going to have a little problem with Robin not he being married to pur- Zelina. He didn't purposely do this. I understand. He that. thinks he's with Marion. Okay. All right. So, but but that's it. I was actually surprised that she revealed herself right then and there. I really was. Really, really surprised that she revealed herself. Yeah, I honestly expected her to play the game, try to play it out, and let and have Robin think Regina had lost her mind. To me, this twist at the end seemed very soap opera ish. Well, sure, but because we're talking about the noble Robin Hood, mm-hmm. it works. Oh, absolutely, it does. So any other character would have been a little too contrived, but right. with Robin Hood, it fits perfectly. Right, and that's the worst part is. He still loves Regina on some level, but in the same token, he really actually, again, Stockholm Syndrome. What if Zelina really falls in love with Robin? And what if Robin helps to change her? 
That's an interesting. But then what does idea. he do? He's. I don't. I mean, you know what? Then that really becomes a soap opera. Well, and this is a Jerry Springer show. It does kind of become that, doesn't it? Well, but this whole show kind of has been from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is my daughter. She and I are the same age, but True. really not because yeah. she's my daughter and she doesn't know she's my daughter and I don't know she's my daughter. Oh, wait. No, she broke the curse. Now she, now I know she's my daughter, but she doesn't believe she's – yeah. It gets a little kooky. <laughs> so what an ending. What an episode. There's yeah. really so much there and – we will dive in a little deeper. I'm totally looking forward to next week. For the main show. Yeah. But for now, I think let's let's open it up to you guys, the listeners. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? What what are your ideas about this and what are your thoughts? And that's really what the rest of this is about. These are our first thoughts. Mm-hmm. What are yours? Yep. So we would ask that you would tweet while you listen to our podcast Mm -hmm. and let us know and give us a little shout out on Twitter, maybe Facebook as well. And we really appreciate that. We do indeed. And before we go, want to send big love out to everyone. Mm -hmm. And remember, big love is so big that you can't keep it all to yourself. So take what you need and give the rest to somebody else. Whatever that means, however you do that, I think that's important. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes life worth living. So until next time, again, thank you so much for supporting us. However you do, retweeting. We love the retweets. We do indeed. Thank you so much. You can follow us on Twitter at at O-U-A-T podcast. And you can retweet. We really, all that is so important to us. So take care, guys. Have a great day. Sunday evening, and we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact you can also connect with us on social media by going to once upon a time podcast.com slash connect if you enjoy what we do and would like to support us we invite you to go to once upon a time podcast.com slash support there's a number of ways that you can help us out and we truly thank you for it the once upon a time fan podcast where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.